The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? What's your, when everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, we welcome in a hot August with tales of Daniele's road trip to the Black Hills of South Dakota, where he finds himself in his happy place full of incredible natural beauty, historical battlefields, close encounters with bison herds, as well as unacceptable hotel rooms and even speeding tickets. But they still had a blast. And we'll also learn how the jump from zero to something is what makes all the difference. Here we go! And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. 97 degrees in Ohio today. It's hot. The heat is for real. And we're outdoors. Danielle's sweating only so slightly, though. So it's more of a spritzing than anything. (laughs) It's the new short haircut. Yes. Yes. Is this the look for a while or is this this the summertime? No, I think it's how it is. It's like I don't have hair, so why bother? Well, it goes out and crazy looking with eh, the, the nutty still, professor thing. Always work for you. You still need to have some to make it worthwhile. I know the feeling. <laughs> you new episode? Yes, let's do this. So let's say thank you to grasslandbeef.com for supplying us with some wonderful products. If you guys want to check out, you know, I'm assuming you all eat food for to survive. If you pass this basic requirement, then you should probably check out grasslandbeef.com and see if you can get some goodies that may be higher quality than what you got at the grocery store, deliver straight to your door. Also, about twice a month or so, they do a discount where you get a 15% discount. If you um, So if the prices, you feel like I like it, but I don't know if I can pull this off, well, twice a month, there's a 15% discount. So check them out. Of course, thank you for Shore, to Shore Design for being with us from the get-go with the softest, most amazing t-shirts on the planet. And shout-outs to zebraathletics.com, occultherbsandtonics.com and the folks keeping the drunk in the drunken Taoist Om Cellars and materrawines.com I stumbled across a message from our friends at Sure Design that was like six years old and it was Bennett. Oh man, I miss Bennett. Wow. Bennett was cool. Of course I should mention if you do shop on Amazon, please use our Amazon link. That's always deeply appreciated. And now let's say a quick thank you to the nice folks who parted with their hard-earned money to support the podcast. Let the pottering begin. 
We got Mr. Ryan Marklin, Ed and Carrie O, Samuel Rudelli, Joseph Lord, Jim D'Amico, Stephen Redos, Donald Chip Witten, Lynn Raper, Luis Pesquera, Yanni Linima, Jesse Rantakanga, Saron Weisner, Austin Stilwell, and Clayton Payne. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting. If yes, you want yes, to yes, join this brave band of heroes, uh, you can PayPal. There's paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Again, paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Also, as an alternative, since I restarted uh, History on Fire, there's a History on Fire Patreon going on. You can um, sign up there still end up supporting us indirectly and you get some bonus goodies from history on fire with bonus episode and other content that should be pretty fun sweet i'm preparing an episode right now that i'll entitle trial of the zombie pope the title i've heard of that yeah because i used it in 50 things yes yes it was a little thing that i did in 50 things it's uh i won't spoil it you guys want to tune in for that one because it's fun. It's the Rasputin of Popes. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Kiva.org continues to get approaching $200,000 in loans by our faithful listeners. Kind enough to hand out to folks that need a little hand up. The money comes back to you. You can loan it again. We've been doing it for like seven years now. And it's just unbelievable. And that's two hundred grand, man. There's no joking around. It's a great bunch of group we have out there. We sure appreciate you all. So if you want to sign up, Kiva.org, join the team Drunken Taoist, get your 25 bucks out there and see what happens. Beautiful. All right. Ready to roll? Ready to roll. Let's do this. So I hear History on Fire is free to the people again, or at least accessible to the people again. History on Fire is free again, indeed. Yes, I just started with uh, one episode about suffragettes learning jiu-jitsu in the early 1900s, fighting with the police, uh, the connection between uh, upper-class fear of uh, the urban poor and the unwashed masses with the desire to learn martial arts as protection against the urban crime, which was panned by newspapers as a completely scandalistic articles just to sell copies. And of course, <laughs> they scare people for real. So yeah. these, in an odd kind of way, led to the popularity and demand for martial arts. That was bizarre. It wasn't just Bruce Lee in the 70s? It wasn't just Bruce Lee. Well, that played <laughs> them more than doubles the whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, this is very beginning of the 1900s. The suffragettes, there were a bunch of them. But uh, I heard like some of them were like really straight laced and really sure. like a woman should not wear makeup. Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, there was everything, right? Suffragettes was kind of like you had uh, super conservative ones, except on this issue, and uh, straight up communist and everything in between. Well, that makes sense. So there they were, all wanted their vote. Yeah, exactly. That was the one thing they had in common. But the one, this particular group that I cover in this episode was trippy because they were. Um, I wouldn't define them as terrorists, but they sure got pretty close to serious political violence. I mean, a a lot of it, they were the targets of political violence at the hands of the police, but also they didn't mind returning the favor occasionally. So they did some pretty wild things. 
so we could have some interesting things coming our way as these new elections come along these days where women right. feel like their rights are being taken away from them. Yeah, it's wild. So it's a, it's an awesome story. Like, I love this one. It uh, was fun to research, was fun to... And yeah, that's the very first uh, post-luminary history on fire. And now uh, the idea, the plan is to try to release a new one, if not every... Maybe 10 a year, so almost every month. Yeah. But then, of course, I'm also going to be doing, because I started a Patreon to finance the whole thing, I'm also going to try to be doing one a month of a mini episode, a bonus mini episode, more like 20, 30, 40 minutes, something like that, on a story where I don't have enough material to run a full episode, but I do have enough for a fun, uh, quick dive, have some fun with it, get out. Fantastic. Uh, the first mini episode I did was D.B. Cooper, the only guy who successfully pirated an airliner and managed to disappear disappear with a lot of uh like how do you call that money like straight up loose cash yeah i mean he i guess he blackmailed them he said you know you're not getting your plane unless i get my money back my money so pay up and that dude was hilarious man he had some funny lines there's uh one of the um, one of the flight attendants during the flight when he tells her what's up he say i have a bomb i have you know panic all of that and uh she goes up to him and he's like do you have a grievance against the airline and she's like no miss i don't have a grievance against your airline i just have a grievance <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was a brilliant line but yeah I, i'm loving actually this is uh you know i started doing it because i have to because for patreon and I realized I love short version story. As much as I like the deep dives, the two, three, four, six hour things where I do multi-episode, ultra in-depth on a topic, I really like the short getting get out, have some fun with it. And uh, well, A lot of stories are that way. You know, that was just sort of like that one day when I pulled off yeah. and then the mystery afterwards, it was never solved. Yeah, That's yeah, wonderful yeah. for that. Yeah, and if I were to try to stretch it into a full episode, it would be forced. It yeah. wouldn't feel like... So there are a bunch of stories that are perfectly made for the short version. So, yeah, if you guys want to jump in on Patreon, I sure can use it. And coming next year, the Bolelli TikTok episode. Yeah, that's the next. <laughs> My 30-second story for the day. <laughs> right? It's like history <laughs> in six seconds. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. It's different modalities of telling stories, which I like. I, I don't prefer one over the other, but I enjoy having both options so it's um and yeah for all the people who unsubscribe at the time because easter on fire was no longer available on free feeds please subscribe make your grandma your goldfish anyone who has an account subscribe to the feed again because uh yeah deeply appreciated i'm i'm kind of at this juncture where i have to see now what is yeah. it gonna work is it not gonna work so any Patreon, of course, helps a bunch, but if you don't want to part with your hard-earned money, just subscribing, telling other people about it, all of that helps. So, much appreciated. There we go. So, in light of the fact that I've been traveling a bunch between Italy and the Black Hills, the Black Hills, by the way, I've been driving, so that's a 21-hour drive from my house to destination. Where did you stop before you came home yesterday? So, on the way there, 
I took three days to do it. I did seven hours a day. And, you know, Isabella, my daughter, had never seen uh, Vegas. So I stopped in Vegas for like three hours. Show her the Venetian, went to have gelato there. And, did you go to Hoover Dam? Uh, no, we did not. You had a Transformer blow up the other day and everybody thought, oh, terrorism. No. Just that. Okay. <laughs> no, we just did a quick Vegas stop. We slept in Utah, then the next day in Wyoming, and then... Um, in Wyoming, we had a mystical experience because it turns out that hotels are expensive as hell. I did not have that Even experience. Even in Wyoming? Everywhere, pretty much. See, I would so, have thought $79 or something. I found one for like the low hundreds, which was already good. The problem is I walked in and I'm not picky. I slept in hotels where there were bullet holes in the wall, where there were cucarachas the size of Godzilla's <laughs> running around. Uh, I've had the hotels where there was like three drunk guys and a hooker in the next room. Uh, All night long. Uh, one fantastic in Phoenix where I stopped where there was uh, the guy giving me the keys to the hotel. This was several years ago. Would stand behind a bulletproof window. Hmm. So I've been in some pretty shady places right over time because sometimes you got no money you need a place to stay you do what you got to do this one is the only one that i actually walked out of where i was like too much blood I in the floor it just stunk oh. like dog piece everywhere yeah that's not it was acceptable. dog piece and smoke throughout the entire building and you know i saw if it was me i may have done it anyway but i saw the face, Isabella's and Savannah's face, when we walked into the room, they were like, <gasps> We're really gonna stay Are here. Are we gonna survive this? And I was <laughs> like, You know what? Screw it. Let's go. So, even like some crappy, I forgot what it was, Best Western Holiday Inn, something like that. They are not exactly the fanciest hotel, but at least they are clean. Yes. And it's those not things much are for. expensive. So, on the way back, we just did it in two days. We did one stop, one night, because I was like, yeah, I'm not spending money for to be in a place where I don't want to be just to sleep. Yeah. So we did 10 hours, 11 hours, that's it. Where was that stop off? Stopped in Utah somewhere. And um, I was all right. Nothing to write home about, but at least... Uh, but, but the road trip was fun, too. I got to... <sighs> So when Savannah was driving, I I was in the back just typing away. I started really cranking down on the Caravaggio novel. I got surprisingly huge amounts of stuff done in the car while driving. Well, there's the answer. We so, have to drive you around a few hours Exactly. That's the thing to do, where I have no internet, <laughs> no distraction, no nothing, just crank away. I'm telling you, man, the phone and the internet being away from you gives you time to do things you like. It sure does. Now I'm looking back and I have like, six weeks of messages that I some I forgot to reply some I for so I'm kind of going back to it all but um, but yeah man having undivided attention on one thing helps the one thing I did not have undivided attention on was my speed limit oh man yeah I got busted twice first time I was only five miles over speed limit they stopped you for five miles yeah. over and their speed limit is high because it was like 80 speed limit and I was oh, doing 85 well, and the dude was still. like I know he was super polite and he was like hey man little fast how about you don't do that I was like cool thank you sweet appreciate it and let you go and let me go so <gasps> totally polite and pleasant wow. next one I have to say also polite and pleasant they tend to be pleasant the next one did give me a ticket because he's like miles and miles of middle of nowhere in Wyoming. Wide open and straight. 
75 miles an hour, whatever the speed limit is, and we're going, going, going. And suddenly you enter a town, which mm. you absolutely cannot tell because the road is exactly the same as it was before and there is no town there's <laughs> one house about half a mile that way two houses there but it's considered this is incorporated sir exactly <laughs> so suddenly it's 30 miles an hour and you know i slow down and i did like but i was still doing 45 probably and wow 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 it does like fuck so i got demoted from driving i got kicked in the back and savannah took over because she was better than me at keeping an eye on the it's tough. I told you I got busted. It's right where Ventura County turns into LA County. Mm -hmm. The 101 drops from 65 to 55. Yeah. And I was going 85. That sucks. That was an expensive one. Yeah. He did knock it down to 80. Sweet. So it wasn't 30 over. Yeah, yeah. Then they, they, they murder you or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> they get mad. I hate it, but I've learned to accept it. I, I'm not too crazy. Yeah. Just it was. I, I told him. I guess it was my turn. I hadn't gotten a ticket in so long. It had been like 12 years for me. I mean, not not that long, but probably seven, eight years, something like that. So yeah. I was I was still, on a roll. Still and, sucks. Yeah. And I do behave now. I oh, look yeah. out for it. I don't go over 75. I know it. And sometimes it sucks because everyone on the freeway is going faster than you. So you're Everybody. not even keeping up with the flow of traffic. No. And Especially coming home last night. I, I just yeah. had a cluster of knuckleheads that must have been doing 120. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, boom, yeah. boom. What the hell was yeah, that? Yeah, those guys, you want them to be stopped because they are flat out. We should be allowed out, to disintegrate them ourselves. Because they are flat out dangerous. And you they're going to they kill somebody. Weaving in and out and they do. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, so that was why Wyoming. But mm. oh my God, the Black Hills. I'm guessing they're green. Oh my God. Like I, every time I'm not there, I remember, oh sure, the Black Hills, they are cool. I like them. And then you get there and it's like, no, 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 no. That's like a hundred times better than I remember them. This is so good. Is uh, The sign that I'm in the Black Hills is when I, start driving in the hills and you see me physically unable to restrain myself just banging on the steer wheel because i'm so excited to be driving through that nice it's just a happy place for me i just plus there's nuggets of gold laying everywhere uh, they were definitely where <laughs> i think they cleaned <laughs> out the um, but yeah man the, the the natural beauty i've seen deer everywhere just outside the door pretty much do you hear we, elk as well? We saw elk briefly, not much. Yeah, uh, hide out. We ran into a herd of bison, about 300 strong. Did you run out and try to hug one like some fool did a few days ago? Did not hug one. They were actually, some of them were flat out. There was one giant buffalo bull that went by. Terrifying. It was so big. Like, like 10 feet at the shoulder big? Like he was insanely like huge? the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Buffalo wow. Bulls. He's like, you could see his muscle ripped everywhere. He was just humongous. And he, he walked. Must have been the, he must have been the dude. That must have been his herd. He walked right in front of our car. Wow. He was maybe four feet from our window. Uh, so, of course, you're like, okay, this is makes for a really good picture, but I hope he doesn't mind the cars. Cause don't let Jurassic Park go through your head at that point. No, nah, you go, I mean, you barely, in that case, you don't move at all. But, like, even when you're going through it, you barely move. You go, like, one mile an hour or something and just, but they are fantastic animals. You hear the grunts they oh. make, the sounds, the, I saw bisons 
fighting with each other. I saw Bison having sex with each other. I saw... It was hilarious. It was at night, too. It was like as the sun oh, was going wow. down. So we killed it right at the very end. Past. And yeah. then you saw as it was becoming night. It's incredibly beautiful. Always on the move. I'm yep. hoping you managed to have a bison steak or something along the way. I sure did. That's definitely... The bison story is trippy. Maybe I'll cover it for Easter on Fire at some point because it's one of the crazy comeback stories. Oh, that... how we killed 85 million of them? Yeah. Yeah, where it got nearly wiped out. I, for, if I remember, I mean, there are different estimates, but roughly everybody agreed there were less than 1,000 left in the United States wow. by the 1890s from a starting number of somewhere between 40 to 60 million. And and then they made it made a comeback with careful managing. There was a whole uh, bison company with Theodore Roosevelt among them and yeah. a few others who really spearheaded the idea of bringing it back. And they did. They did a fantastic job. So it's... Um, and it's incredible that they are responsible for all of that incredible farmland yeah. in the middle of the country that yeah. we yeah. Yeah. killed over and turned into dust. Of course. Of course. Brilliant agricultural practices. Yeah. That land is made for ranching. Though. I mean, you see buffalo, you see it. it's their land. It's perfect for them. When you see these open swaths of open land as far as the eye can see with grassland everywhere it's just ah, it's fantastic would wolves take them out back in the day was that they, there must be some predator that would try uh, hard i mean Go does it happen you know occasionally yeah you see a small one isolated you see a pack of wolves in places like yellowstone it does happen no. not common not the buffalo bull by himself oh no 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 way but somebody Smaller had to be ones. snipping at them a yeah. little bit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So they essentially had nobody but Yeah, I mean, humans. a grizzly bear may be able to take down uh, a bison, but, you know. Seems like trouble. Seems like a lot of trouble. It's a lot of meat, but it's a lot of trouble. But, um, but yeah, human showed up, and it was a different story. But um, Well, when we went crazy and just annihilated them. Yeah, that did not the help. Native Americans had no intention of destroying no. their... No, Primary that was food source. That, that was terrible. Insanity. That was terrible. Duh. Just cold. Yeah. So cold. We hate you so much. We're going to make sure you starve to death. Yeah. No, that was. Um, I think it's one of the things when there are. I mean, and this happened with bison. This happened with a bunch of animals. I mean, if you think about, you know, not a spectacular or cool looking, but passenger pigeons. There would be people say there would be like sky full of these birds that you could you could barely see the sky. How many would pass by? Wow! Pretty much wiped out. There were like millions and millions killed. Did we poison them? Um, no, often shoot them. Oh, you know, it's US. We shoot stuff. Yeah, you know? we do. There's a lot of lead flying. The, so yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's nice to see now that there's still good chunks of wilderness throughout the country left. You still see things like bison coming. There are some things that make you feel good about it. But um, but yeah, man, the Black Hills is one of those places where I'm like, huh, will I ever end up living there? Maybe, maybe. Winters are rough. That's what I was going to say. Try winter out first. Oh, winters are rough. But man, such a beautiful place. I'm it's, just, it's your summer. It's your summer place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went up to. There's this one spot called Black Elk Peak. Mm-hmm. Used to be called Harney Peak, named after some U.S. Army general fighting natives. But then uh, they switched it to Black Elk Peak. Excellent. And um, 
it was trippy, man. It was, um, it's, a, it's a solid hike. It's all, uh, you start from this beautiful lake and you go up the mountain for a good chunk of time. I think it's like about maybe two hours each way, roughly. So it's not a crazy hike, but it's all uphill and it's all in the sun. So mm. you cook quite a bit and it's intense. And, you know, I was thinking... I'm in good shape. I'm doing all right. And, and I did it, but I was not a happy camper. I, was, <laughs> I got my ass kicked in the process. I, was, I got up there and I was like... <sighs> and well, then I look at a bunch of people around me who were not in good shape. And they did it not any worse than I did. So I was like, holy shit. Don't judge people by their looks, I guess. Because what day was that? What day? Yeah. Uh, must have been... Because my sister tried Half Dome three days ago. No, it was a few more days. It's probably like maybe July 18th, July 19th, and 20th. She had been training, but I think that's like I think that's like five thousand foot. Yeah, no. Over the, and she made it all the way to the last few switchbacks before yeah. the cables, and it just freaked her out. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, two yeah. feet wide. Oh, yeah. No, that's straight to your scary. doom and. She was getting tired, and she yeah. was having missteps, and she's like, like "How about we don't?" Yeah, as far as I go, good call. And people were giving her shit. I was like, "She made it all the way to there." The thing is, who cares? You're supposed to enjoy it. It's yes. not uh, you need to get to the top and plant the flag. I mean, it's like we got to the top. That's cool. But had we stopped before, it's not like I would have cried. No, I'm it's, sure the view um, is incredible exactly, all the way up. Exactly. But we, I have to say, when you do get to the top, you see for. I don't want to say anything crazy, but as far as I remember, I remember people saying that from South Dakota, you can see Nebraska, you can see Wyoming. You can, it's like such a high point. It's I'm the sure. highest point yeah. um, in the area where like, literally the horizon is the limit in every direction. So it's... Isn't that awesome? Yeah. There's a place uh, outside Chattanooga where they fought the battle above the clouds uh -huh. during the Civil War. You can see seven states from up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing. Exactly. Now, you were going to stop at some sort of battlefield. Did you manage to pull that off? Yeah. So, on the way there, I stopped uh, in Wyoming at a place called the Fort Field Kearney. Uh, it's uh, the site of what the Lakota referred to as the hundred in the hand. And uh, in white guys' history, is the Fetterman Massacre. It's... Uh, I covered it, I think it was the second episode of the Crazy Horse series. So very early History on Fire. Must be History on Fire number eight or something. And um, yeah, it's a tale where for days the Lakota kind of harassed the soldiers in the fort because the fort was built through their hunting ground and they you know, wanted there. So they kept going out there and harassing soldiers every time they get out of the fort to cut wood or anything else. They shoot a guy and run away. Do it for enough days. This group of 80-some soldiers gave chase to the decoys. And these were decoys because their job was to make it look like they were running for their lives, but really just staying barely out of rifle range. They did not want the soldiers to believe that they couldn't catch up to them and they would give up the chase. So they had to play this dangerous game of if they are gaining too much ground, now they have to slow down, almost get shot, pretend that their horse is going limp or something, and then start walking <laughs> it and just drag the soldiers along for like over a mile over a ridge into the next valley where there were a thousand Lakota and Cheyenne waiting for them or closed in on them and wiped them out. And the place, it's amazing. It's, uh, the land is very hilly. 
So you can see how a thousand men would have disappeared in the landscape between one hill and the next. Sure. You can see the fort from the peak of this hill, but once you go over it, it's like it's not even there. It's only like a mile away, but it's, it's completely gone. And what the soldiers did, they were told to stop at that. Like if they couldn't catch them by the ridge, they were to stop. They continue giving chase. Once they went over among all these various hills, all the guys were hiding there, popped out, and that was the end of it. Wow. But it's trippy because the land looks exactly the way it did. There's nothing built. There's no, you know, so you can really picture what happened. Does the fort still stand? Fort, that they're just a palisade okay. that give you sort of one of the boundaries of the fort. Sure. There's a little museum next to it that give you the story and the thing. And then, you know, from the fort, you can walk down to this creek that was nearby. And then you have the, you just get the sense from the palisade of where the hill was. Then you take the car, you go up that one or two miles, whatever it is, go to the location where there's this uh, monument, which is the spot where most of the soldiers got killed. And then they have this interpretative trail that breaks it down for you, telling you where where they went, uh, where the Lakota and Cheyenne were hiding, where they killed some of them, where they chased the rest. And and it's very like you're there, you know, you... Well, essentially unchanged, right? Was that yeah. 130, 40 years ago? 1866. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah right around. So it's, um, it's trippy because it's... Uh, I think that's the difference. I, I was talking with a historian who wrote a book about the Little Bighorn and we're talking about the difference in the West versus, let's say, ancient Rome or something. Sure. You know, you go to Rome, you see the Coliseum. Is it cool? Yes. But it's kind of like being at Disneyland because everywhere, the land looks, looks nothing the way it used to be. You have cars a uh, hundred yards away. You have the Circling. subway stop. You have so it feels like this one. Like they place this thing in the middle of a place that doesn't fit it, right? Whereas in the West, so many of the battlefield or the locations, they look exactly the way they would have when this stuff was going down. Nothing has changed. Nothing has been built. So it gives you a different feeling. You can really put yourself there in a way that you can't in a place that has been um, overly developed. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. I was watching a, a terrible version of uh, Custard's Adventure. Oh, yeah. And it was definitely done by a white movie company. What was it? Like, as a movie or a documentary? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was totally a movie. More. I came in about, like, just towards the last oh. third of it, but... It was the same sort of deal. They sort of, well, he foolishly broke his regiment up into three pieces yeah. and just sort of got them all killed. Yeah. But even in the end, the fact that he uh, stood up to them made him a brave warrior and Which just the thing a whole is, bunch of nonsense. Nobody knows what happened to the exactly. guy. I mean, there are a bunch of theories that actually he died very early in the battle, that he got shot when they were trying to cross the river. But right. of course, that doesn't fit the whole last stand. So the reality is nobody knows because there are different native accounts and there are no white accounts because everybody with Custer died. Yeah. So it's, um, but yeah, being there, you know, I've been, um, I've been thinking, I've been, and I've been thinking about it for so many years about a little big horn uh, TV series. Being there, I started seeing it. I started getting my creative juices flowing. I started seeing characters. I started seeing stuff. I took a bunch of notes. I'm like, hmm. 
I'm going to try to pitch this again because this is... Uh, it's long overdue for a nice fresh one and having both points of view would be an improvement other than like going to the chief every few hours and we will get them. And You just, know what? This one, I wouldn't even have both. It would be almost it. entirely subtitle or rather I would have both, meaning Lakota and Crow. Oh, that's a great idea. I would too. have it from because they are at war with each other. You know, the Crow will side with the US, the Lakota against it. So there's going to be like why one tribe chooses one path, why one tribe chooses another. Oh, they did have that represented. Yeah. Yeah. And I would dig, I would dig that a minimal. I mean, we've seen so much of the white guy stories so many times. I, I wouldn't mind having it like almost 85% from the native viewpoint. And let and them prepare then, uh, and just here they roll in on their horses uh, and uh, off it uh, goes. So that would be kind of awesome. So I've been playing, yeah, my, it's weird. It's like when I'm on vacation, quote unquote, my creative juices flow way better than when I'm working. And I come up with way better. I mean, I wrote more Caravaggio in the past two weeks than I had probably in the six months before. I This little big horn thing, I was stuck for the longest time. I'm getting ideas. Like, so it's fun. I, uh, I enjoy that. I'll find out what that title is. You should watch it just for the yeah, of course. pure can't believe the audacity of course of course because <laughs> uh, recent or oh no old 60s oh okay okay Maybe yeah well yeah that's way the, back yeah yeah that's a different story where all the uh native guys look like hmm he may just be colored yeah or with some paint a sicilian dude with a little paint and oh yeah i think uh, iron eyes cody would fit yeah, in very exactly. well in that whole group yeah 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 but one thing that i noticed that's interesting about being it's an experience I would have all the time in Italy because in Italy you're always in summer, you're not at your house. You, Even if you have no money, you end up somewhere cheapy, but you end up away from your house on vacation somewhere, right? And there's an experience that you get where toward the end of the summer you come back home and you see your house and it's familiar and it's also not at all. Like you see your house for the first time again in a long time because the reality is that when you live in the same place day in and day out, you stop noticing 90% of the stuff that made you like the place when you first moved in. Yeah. You just get you you're used to it, right? You take it's human nature. We take shit for granted. You and then I realize, okay, this applies to houses, this applies to people. Because sometimes when you are, when you see, like you are in a relationship, you see each other every single day, you start taking each other for granted a little more. You spend time away, you see each other again, you get excited. You're like, oh, this is fucking awesome. This is, oh, I remember what excites me about this person. What? So I think there's something to be said about being away from the stuff you love. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Sure. And again, you don't want to do it too much because the whole point of loving it you want to be there you know but just a little bit here and there people your ho your own home is completely you see it with completely different uh food sometime going through a cleanup period where you stay away from a bunch of the foods you like but when you get them again you are in mm. heaven whereas when you have them all the time you're like oh i like this uh, shove it down my face i barely notice that I'm eating it, you don't appreciate it the same way anymore. That's why it's always nice to make your own. I mean, just putting the effort in to cook something up versus something that just comes Absolutely. in a bag. Absolutely. And go sit down at the table and eat it. Don't yep. don't 
to sit in front of the TV and scarf stuff down. That's just no, you don't the worst idea. Taste anything? You don't feel anything? You don't? And I think that's where this idea of being away from stuff you like puts you back in the present moment a lot more. I mean, think about it. It's like if you if you haven't had sex in way too long. When you're you get to, last long. when you get beside that, <laughs> there's that. But also, when you get to do it, everything is heightened. You know, touch is heightened. The visuals are heightened. Everything is just super mm. exciting in a way that the in and the out kind of sex hasn't been in a long time. Where you suddenly go like, "Whoa, I thought sex was good. Let me stop one second. This is." 10 times better than I remember. Mm, the echo of the crack of a well-slapped ass. That too, that too indeed. Fantastic. So That's my third fantastic for the day. Hey, I can't do it anymore. So, I'm, I'm, I'm falling into it. <laughs> I do that all the time. Quick break in the show to give some love to our sponsor for this episode. Today we're sponsored by freedomgrooming.com. These sweet folks sell electric razors, and the timing could not be better for me. Since I no longer have enough hair to justify my scarecrow look, it's time for me to shave. I currently sport the least amount of hair I've ever had, and I'm debating whether to do away with it altogether. If you entertain similar thoughts, freedomgrooming.com may be your new friend. They work shaving into a science so you won't cut yourself thanks to their safeguard technology, and you'll cut 50% more hair with a single stroke compared to traditional razors. This means you are likely to shave in no more than 2 or 3 minutes. The razors are waterproof so you can shave in the shower. You can sign up to receive new blades every few weeks, or not, up to you. Don't just take my word for it, though. They have over 10,000 five-star reviews. So to thank you for being such a loyal listener, we are partnering with Freedom to give you an exclusive 20% off when you go to freedomgrooming.com forward slash drunken. Again, that's freedomgrooming.com forward slash drunken. I found myself called down to uh, Comic-Con mm-hmm. by surprise. Oh. So here I am, two days, didn't even know about it. The next day, I'm in the Hard Rock in the middle of San Diego in a room that must have been seven or $800 a night because Jesus. at that moment. Right. And uh, it had a shower. I think I've told you before about there was one hotel we ended up in one time where the bathtub was encased in glass and in the uh, sleeping area. Oh, wow, no. So for putting shows on for each other, I guess. Of course. This shower, I don't, we have a little tiny shower, it's almost like a phone booth. So yeah. this would have been like eight phone booths. Jesus. But it had nozzles pointing in every direction, it had a bench, and it also had a, uh, a glassed wall that went into the sort of the living room area. Damn. But it was kind of foggy, so yeah, you couldn't yeah. see anything. So... I just, to be only one person in that. How did you end up in that room? That's just what the studio provided. Oh, you like, got it. Get, oh, you yeah. got it for three nights. Oh, yeah. You got, oh, that's fantastic. Three nights. Oh, my God. And the second night I'm there, Bruno, Emily's fiance, called. And he's like, 
Bo Diablo or somebody like that, like big time uh, EDM kid. He's playing at your hotel tonight. And I looked out the window. I was like, he's playing out my window. It's like three <laughs> stories below me is this huge group of kids having a. And it was crazy. But like you said, being alone, that's a waste of such a fantastic job. I agree. You should yeah, have I at least somebody where you could sit on the bench and yes. watch them wash their hair or whatever might come along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, so many people cram down in there. I'm sure the big giveaway of that is going to be new Omicron for all these folks. Yeah, of course, of course. So I wasn't getting too crazy being down in the middle of it all. Um, but our office was at the edge of the Padre Stadium, and it looked down like 10th, 12th story, and the whole baseball stadium was like below us. Um, that was our view. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, these people waste money in yeah. incredibly fantastic ways i mean that's yeah that's the other thing sometimes when you travel you see how expensive i'm always traveling the um, i always find a way to make it cheaper that's what we always do so like, see people just burn cash like yeah, this. italy i've done it i think the entire time i was in italy i was uh at somebody's house so i didn't pay a dime for lodging oh yeah the entire time uh you know when Usually that's how it works out, or, or even now, you know, I found uh, there are some beautiful cabins in the Black Hills that are in um, in the state park. Yo, those are probably affordable. But they start, I mean, they are not any more expensive than some crappy hotel in Utah, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, but they are still a little on the... And then I found some that were privately owned, they weren't part of the state park, they were, they would throw them at you in this place oh. where you're like... 50 yards from the creek uh, uh, with deer coming to your door every evening and you're just like are you kidding me this is fantastic takes a little more homework to find them you know compared to uh, and how is that two hours of research in the end no exactly you save insane never mind that you save also money because the cabin where we stayed for example at a kitchen so you're not forced to eat uh, either ultra expensive stuff or crap breakfast lunch and dinner you know you can cook most of the meals we always try to do that it's so preferable i'm not saying don't go out to dinner a couple times you sure want to get that bison steak and stuff but yeah to have your breakfast at home and have snacks available so you don't have to burn that was that was another thing of the missing things right like one thing we would do sometime is uh, because you don't want to burn through cash we would have maybe a super light. I usually don't have breakfast to begin with, so that's one meal that's gone anyway. Maybe a fruit at most, and then we would have like a super light lunch, like barely a meal kind of thing, but just quickly, cheaply made, satisfying but really small. Yeah. And then by the time dinner comes along, you are hungry. And the beautiful thing is that you can afford to eat like a pig because you have hardly touched food all day so by the time you get to it you are way under any calories you're gonna burn so you're like okay let's feast now you know and uh, and so i'm like you know what one highly satisfying meal in one day and then maybe a couple much much smaller things there's something to be said about that I wonder if there's a cool tour to create of like the five best places up in that area to roll through. You know, oh, yeah. Battlefields or yeah, yeah. old homesteads or. There are my guys, the um, Teras. He's a great guy, friend of mine. He runs this company called, uh, I don't want to fuck it up, is uh, Geek Nation Tours. 
Geek Nation tours, he does things like that, either battlefields or he does a lot of Comic-Con stuff or he runs these tours. They are definitely, they are not cheap in the sense that, yeah, it's money. He offers a lot of stuff because he gets you ticket to all sort of cool shows, events, things and that. So, I mean, I can see why he has to charge a good chunk because sure. they are, but man, he puts together some fun stuff as uh i may be able to go on one of those where i can be like the resident expert or something he, he there are a few that he wants to do he wants to do one in the last stand uh, black hills slash uh, uh, little bighorn battle he wants to do one in italy about gladiators and spartacus and all that there are a couple that he wants to do in japan Ooh. i've never been to japan so to be able to go there that would be that would be fantastic. Wow. How do you carve that down to just a few, though? I know, right? But, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. So, it's like if you have the time, you're flying anyway, you can extend past the tour and just stick around uh, longer and just get to see more stuff. So, but, yeah. The, um, man, I would be happy to go to Japan. That's one place I've never seen that I badly want to... What are the places, like, for you, if you could go anywhere that you haven't seen? <sighs> Scotland. Because mm. I've got blood from Scotland. I've always wanted to see that. But I've never been to Europe. All my travels have been north and south. Right. So Anywhere in Europe would be fun. Everybody says start at Prague just to sort of get you yeah. never bombed, never destroyed. And then from there, I've got a friend from Croatia. That he recommends like his cool. hometown. He would even bring us down to tours. I'm all set. i got friends from Germany right. that would do Berlin right for us and get us set for France yeah. and we would have to see Paris at the very least. Sure. But then I'd want to go to Madrid. Yep. Yeah. You know, I want to see all of it. Just never had that opportunity. Of course. Which is just crazy. Yeah. It's warranty. What the hell? Once and those in your would be life. up there. And uh, Gretchen's always want to go to Fiji, which that's a long trip, and I'm sure that's it's pretty, pretty amazing trip, down there. But I'm sure it's awesome. And New Zealand would also be incredible. Yeah. yeah. Lord I think of if the I rings. go that far, I don't think I hear a lot of people that don't want to go back. Lord of the Rings land. Yes. The one continent where i've never because i've been to africa i've been to you know north central america uh europe all that i've never been to um i've never been to asia so i would love There's to a check whole bunch out of it. uh specifically i would love to check out japan and i would love to check out southeast asia so cambodia thailand that area and now that i've thought about it I, the two ones i would definitely i want to see the golden temple in india mm-hmm. yep and I want to go to Machu Picchu so bad. I yep. can Peru, right? Taste it, even though I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Machu Picchu, a bunch of people get sick because the altitude is so intense, the oh, jump, that they have to prepare and go slow and take it easy because it's a big jump in altitude. But yeah, it's everybody say, yeah, man, there's so much fantastic stuff in the world. That's uh, you're never, you know, we're never gonna see it all, but even just get to see some, it's highly satisfying and there's a lot of great stuff here just in your backyard yeah just get out yeah. and look around yeah. Yeah. the whole mount whitney to death valley like they're 83 miles apart and this the biggest difference in heights in the lower 48 it's trippy though to see because driving it not flying the, you really see the land oh yeah mile by mile and like driving back from the black hills black hills are heaven then you get into Wyoming, that's still pretty, you know, a lot more grassland, a little less wooded, but still beautiful. And there are parts that are heavily wooded. Some parts of Utah are still fantastic. 
And then you get to like Western Utah when you're about to get into Nevada and you go like, what hmm. the hell happened here? They must have run out of water. You go into Nevada and it's like three nuclear bombs have gone off there. It's like it's the deadest land you'll ever see. Unless you go, like there are some parts of Nevada that are okay, but for the most part, man, that's an unforgiving desert. And think about the Navajo surviving. Uh, did you ever read, uh, speaking of native stuff, did you ever read Sherman Alexi? No, I don't think Sherman so. Alexi is a great writer. Um, I had an interaction with him today because I just noticed he's a subscriber to Chris Ryan Substack. Nice. So I was like, oh, Sherman Alexi, no way. He's a fantastic native writer. And um, Sherman Alexi had a gag in one of his books about Nevada where there's like th there's these two guys who are driving cross country and one guy's like driving for 12 hours and then they change and the other guy takes over. At about 200 yards, they are in Nevada, and 200 yards later, he just ran over a rabbit. And they stop, and they're like, God damn it, you know, you, you drove for 12 hours, there's not even a bug on the windshield. I drive for one minute, and I kill the only living being in Nevada. <laughs> and the other guy's like, come on, don't be so hard on yourself. I don't think you killed it. I think there's a decent chance it was suicide. And he's like, suicide? And then they stop, they look around, and they're like, yeah, 100% suicide. Because it's like, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Yes, Nevada has that effect. It's not. And honestly, a lot of California coming from Vegas until you get pretty damn close to the coast. Miserable. Not a pretty place. Not a pretty place at all. Really dry. Really dry. Really crumbly. Yep. Weird mountain formations. Yeah, you get, you know, every other place you pass by are like, 200% sure that the number one commodity in town is meth because you're like, yeah, <laughs> this looks like the place. There's no Unless much. you get close to the petrified forest and then it's just stuff they stole from the, right. the park. But uh, yeah, it's trippy to see it by car because you really see the landscape change. That's why I endlessly hope that we get our high-speed rail put together. Right. New York to LA in 26 hours. That would be fun. It would be for see then that'd be going by fast and yeah, I think it would yeah. be like sort of express deal where it's like twelve stops. Right. And just shoot across the country and see it all. Yep. Yep. But I do love to drive too. We did miss New Mexico when we came out because we drove through the night. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you I never done the drive through the night thing. I don't trust myself when I'm sleepy. Well, I have my um, partner and so we were on the phone the whole time making sure are you awake? Somewhere. Right. Yes. Okay, more coffee. <laughs> Yeah, that feels... I've done it once when I was really sleepy. It got so bad that I stopped in like some gas stations. Yeah. I would grab packs of sugar and just open it up and just down the sugar because it wakes you up for a bit and give you the sugar high. So yeah. that was my the equivalent of coffee when there was not even coffee available. And um, But yeah, no, I'd... Yeah, the being sleepy stuff scares me a bit. I'm like, I don't want to be driving 70, 80 miles an hour when I'm half awake, half not. No. Road's going straight. Car's yeah. going straight. Might as well have a little nap. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? Does it, like, a few times it happened in my life where all of a sudden I'm like, I'm in this happy... Oh, my eyes I'm are driving. closed. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not fun or safe or good for anyone else, really, because at that point you might as well be in a drunk driver, you know? It's like it's it's not fair to everybody else on the road to take. If you want to take those kind of chances with yourself is one story, but with everybody else's lives, nah. 
can do that. No. Unappropriate. Very inappropriate. Yeah. I just said inappropriate. Uh, close I'm enough. Inventing new words. Oh wow! I said something correctly in English, and you didn't. That's <laughs> probably a first in. Uh, well, the correct part for me is not a first. I mess that up constantly, uh, but that's fun. <laughs> but I guess one thing that comes to mind on um, what we were saying regarding writing, I really started realizing we we talk about it before, but it delivered it with a different la- with a different layer, I guess. The power of small habits, you know, discipline small, not crazy. They've got gains. I'm going to run 300 miles. I'm going to wake up at four every day. No, no, tiny things. Like, like I realized, okay, Caravaggio, I really badly want to ride this. How long have I been saying it? I'm now about halfway, so it's moving. I'm probably like 45,000 words in. And um, then I realized all I would have to do is write. Not that much. You know, Stephen King, I think, recommends a thousand words a day. I'm like, do half of that. 500. 500 words is... Three pages? Not even. It's probably barely over one. It's like one and a half, maybe. Something like that. You can do... It takes you... If you're focused, it takes you an hour, you know, at most. I'm like, you can do 500 words a day. If you do 500 words a day, let's say... You have other shit in your life that takes attention. You do it two days out of three. So in a in a month, you do it for 20 days rather than 30, okay? Yeah. That's 10,000 words in a month. That means that an 80,000 words book, you finish it in eight months. Come on, man. That's not asking for the money. You know? and it seems like on every other day when when you're up and writing... The flow starts. Exactly. Some days you'll write more. And you ignite and it just comes spewing out. Some days you'll write way more. But if you stick to 500, not even every day, which is already a pretty low bar, two days out of three, boom, you got a book done in eight months. How much of a roadmap do you have? A lot. I think that's important first. So, yeah, you know. Because if that, you're just aimlessly wandering and no, chapters no. that are useless end up and. No, I'm a huge fan of. No. No, I'm a huge fan of knowing your scenes ahead of time. Not everything, you know, there's some improvisation, but you have, like Caravaggio, for example, I've had, but again, I've had this for how many years? I've had for probably six, seven years, a 30-page outline of the whole plot, where I break the whole plot. I mean, it's so deep in depth that there's actual scenes one after another. So it's like, just fucking write it, you know? Just, and I think something clicked in me when I'm understanding that process better. Like I've always thought that, you know, the muse need to come from above and everything need to be aligned and everything need to be. The problem is if you think that way, you'll never do stuff. It's well, kind of like. she's not going to show up if you're thinking that way. She shows up when it's cooking. Exactly. Or it's the same thing as like, I'm going to work out on the day where I feel good and strong and I'm excited to work out. Yeah. Okay. Those two times a month i'm sure you'll enjoy working out you know oh i awoke not tired let's go but it's the same thing right it's like putting an hour a day into doing something that you care about such as writing for me putting um the incredible difference that exists between working out for five minutes a day and zero minutes a day 
it's a lot more than between five minutes and two hours you know because the reality is that five minutes you can stretch it you feel good you work out 10 minutes you enjoy you have more time you work out half an hour you can but the jump from zero to something it's what makes all the difference because i mean i mean think about it like five minutes okay five minutes where you just do basic calisthenics that your body can handle you know whatever push-up ab squat thing and it can be done to whatever is your level you know you don't have to compete with anybody else doing five minutes a day of that versus zero it's like life-changingly different your body's gonna be you're not gonna be arnold schwarzenegger you're not gonna be in killer shape you're not gonna run a marathon but the way you're gonna feel the difference even in your muscle tone a little bit is gonna be dramatic on an investment of time that's if you sum the time you spend brushing your teeth every day that's about the same thing i was gonna know? interrupt my TikToking. right watch your damn TikTok while you do squats you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> and not because again you know many people are like yeah i don't have an hour or two a day to dedicate nobody's asking i mean that's ideal but i agree who the hell has those luxuries sometime right but just doing something versus zero makes all the difference having one plant in your house that you take care of having your oregano and basil in the windowsill you don't need to have the giant garden, having something. And I think I think how that applies to everything, you know, whether it's uh, you cook one good meal every four you eat, you do five minutes of working out, you do 500 words you want to write, you spend 20 minutes studying that foreign language or studying that thing. Like nothing that you're going to find excuses not to do because there always are and time is precious let's be real but like just that tiny bit it's like start with that start with those 20 minutes then you're done for the day this is great advice it's great advice that i'm emphasizing because i need it badly <laughs> so i'm telling it to myself that's the reality because i realize i forget this stuff just as much as anybody else does but like when it kicks in when it, uh, it blows me away at how simple it is and how helpful it is when I actually get to do it. I'm just like, why haven't I been doing this for the past whatever many years or months or weeks? And then you're like, well, who cares? That, that's the past. Just get on with it now. I don't know where the, the phrase comes from, but used to when you would get into a movie and there'd be 200 hours of it, it's like, how do you eat a mountain? Yep. One bite at a time. Absolutely. Right. And I'm sure it's fixes everybody it's exactly the true thing if you just stare at it and go there's no way i'm ever going to get done yep nothing's going to happen but when you tiny a day yep. two tapes a day before you know it yep you're through it almost the exact same line is the biography of this zen monk teshu he at one point decided that he was going to copy in perfect calligraphy the entire buddhist canon that was like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages and they're like how do you think you're going to get that done and he was like one page at a time. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Does Ikiru's new temple still exist? As far as I know, the one yeah. That, that he yeah, rebuilt yeah. after yeah. The, it does. In I was Kyoto. just wondering where I would go. Oh, that's in Kyoto. Kyoto. So you're gonna yeah. end up there anyway. So old capital, yeah. That's in Kyoto. Yeah, I could find some things to look at in Japan oh, yeah. too. Yeah. No, Mount Fuji would be grand to see. That would be. There's so much. I think that's when you realize that's. Yeah, you could spend 
years in one place and still find out more as time goes by. Yeah. Dipping your toe in is nice too, though. Totally, totally. Because you're not going to have years you're in one place. You're never going to get satisfaction so, of like... No. But you might find that place you're like, that's it. And also it's the same thing we are doing, right? A tiny bit is a whole lot better than nothing at all. You know, I think. Yeah. I've, there's something that would improve everybody's spirits all along if we really would incorporate a four-week vacation. Oh, yeah. I mean, two weeks yeah. is ridiculous. You can't get anything done. You're going to waste it with a trip to the beach and Christmas anyway. Two weeks is nothing. But yeah. four weeks, six weeks, which just makes sense. I see all my European friends take yeah. great advantage of it. They come back recharged for the fall. Totally. It's you do get that effect of like the recharged, uh, you're excited because everything is new again. And it's uh, and to me, it's like you're worried about cutting productivity. The idea is whatever you get done in a year, work in 50 months a year. If you can get done it in 44 weeks in a year, yep, all the power to you. Just get it done in the other 44 weeks. And I don't think anyone would complain. Let's do 10 or 11 hour days. Yep. Stack it all into four days. And there's all sorts of good ways to do it. Why we're always cracking the whip on folks. And then you're hating Sunday because Monday's coming. Yeah, of course. And then you sit at your computer and everything makes you grumpy and angry. Yep. I think the people are just stressed yeah, and totally. looking for places to be angry at. I mean, it's like, what was it, Thoreau, the idea that uh, the machines run the humans and oh, yeah. not the other way around? It's... We're it clearly, at the, but the computers are literally trained to see how fast they can make the people go at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be the whole uh, technology is going to free you and you're going to have all this free time and Hell stuff. No. And this is not working out that way for the majority of people. It's just amazing to see how badly it's gone. I mean, well, just the whole notion when, when we were looking for our first house, mm -hmm. this is like 1994. We looked and we checked a few out, but I wanted to show my dad what it looked like. Mm -hmm. So I had to take a photograph. Right. And then go have it developed and then put it in the mail. And a few days oh, later, yeah. I get a phone call. Yep. So it was like at least a week before I could show this picture off. But that didn't wreck anything. No, no. But we go so fast now. It's like when FedEx showed up, that really ratcheted everything up. And now the internet with yeah, these instantaneous photos or everywhere you go, you take a picture of everything and show it to somebody. And it's nifty, but... As we've said for a long time, as a species, we are not prepared mm -mm. for this amount of input. No, too much, too much. And sometimes really dieting from it all and taking less in, you realize there's so much around you all the time. Like you're more present. You enjoy it more at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's, uh, again, doesn't mean you have to be a monk on the mountain away from everything and everybody, but there's something to be said for once in a while, at least dialing it down giving yourself the time to breathe, giving yourself the time to be human, you know? Yeah, Which, put that phone away at night. Yeah. That's actually what I'm planning to do in this uh, last bit of summer that's left. And honestly, I can probably do it even when school kicks into gear again at 100 miles an hour because so much of it I do from home anyway that I'm planning on uh, just going to the beach, bringing my computer and just working while... I get sunbathing, oh, and uh, I get tired, I hop into the waves, get out, work some more, and um, just do that. Yeah, we are really spoiled as far as that goes. And we make sure we go twice a month. Yeah. Because it's easy to live next to it and never go. Never go. And totally. that is just... It's a crime. Oh, man. No, I'm like, I want to do this shit. I want to do it like five times a week. I just want to... I want it to be my office. I go there... 
I put up a uh, beach umbrella so I don't totally cook and, uh, you know, just start which little pe- Which little piece do you like? More towards like, I like surface carpinteria. point? Or- oh, yeah. I like oh, carpinteria. Yeah. It's uh, not that close. Like here is what, 45 minutes, something like that. So it's not horrendously far, but it's not close. But Not terrible, though. If I can even just go twice a week, that's not bad. And there's no reason why I shouldn't. When you're winding your way up, so that, that, that crazy first break past Ventura for the first time since Mexico, there's nothing on an exit, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so you wrap around where you're right next to the ocean against the seawall. La Concha, the little surf town. And then the first exit after that, there's a uh, driving range where you drive towards the ocean. Mm. And it's just, it's not fancy or anything, but it's just fun to hit golf balls that way. It's not really my thing, but my, no, son, but I my get sons it. are into it. So we go try to hit some and just, we're going to try to hit the ocean. Fantastic. I love it. <sighs> That's plenty. I guess if you want the. Uh, take away from the of the day other than all the fun stuff we've been chatting about try out those things one is just dieting from the stuff you love a tiny bit stepping away make yourself miss it give it enough space that you get to miss things so that you get to enjoy them with an intensity that you don't normally get to enjoy when they are in front of your nose all the time and the other one is really the small the concept of small discipline the idea of do i mean think about it do if you are able to do one push-up, you can do 10 push-ups in a day, right? They don't even have to be consecutive. If you can 10 push-ups in a day, which is less than nothing, in a month, that's 300. In a year, that's 3,600. And after you do 10 for a month, how many are you going to be able to do then? Exactly. 20 easily, right? Exactly. And we're not talking, you know, you're cranking push-ups like there's no tomorrow. You give yourself tendonitis because you push too hard. You're talking about you don't even notice it is so little, you know, but your body will notice it. Your body will remember it. And the tone is going to start changing to the point where exactly, as you said, the next month, 20 feels like the way 10 used to feel. And that applies to physical stuff that applies to creative endeavors that apply to really anything you want to do. The humongous difference between starting and not starting, doing ridiculously little or zero, it's, mind-boggling different even though time-wise is a different of one two three five minutes a day time for yourself to enjoy time for yourself that's a good name for this episode Music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. What a, what a pleasant episode. That was very light. Yes, indeed. We try to do such things, not to burden your days with too much heaviness. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of the heaviness for a yeah, while. most definitely. We'll dig into the good things. Everybody, it's hot here, but it's lovely. The breeze is blowing, and I hope it's nicer around where you're at. And I guess we will talk to you very soon. What do I have to do? One day, the rod shall teach you. O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. 
And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Let's go to rehearsal. We're rolling this one.